Welcome to Raw Book Pod. I'm your host, Sarah. Today I have with me Christine Ragland. We will be discussing queer science fiction romance focusing on gays in space, or well, any queers in space, really, but good old-fashioned gay romance in space. So welcome, Christine. Hi, thank you for having me. So you've written primarily contemporary romances, but recently you've written a couple superhero romances and then um, two sci-fi Omegaverse romances in space. Yes. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about the... Oh God, Starlight Desire series? <laughs> yes. So so basically I did start off writing contemporary, but my interest tends to um, be more towards science fiction and fantasy type stuff. Um, I'm a real big fan of anime and stuff like that. So I started kind of over the past couple of years just switching what I was writing. And so um, one of the first things that I decided to do was a um, was a space opera romance. So the series title for that, I, I've changed it. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times just because I had to, you know, kind of find my footing with it. So it's it's Starlight Desire is, is the title for the first book in the series. There is a, a prequel for it, um, which just kind of breaks down how we got to the point where we are. And the series title is Star Force Fighters because it's basically, it's based on um, alphas and betas and omegas who fly basically fighter jets in space. <laughs> So one of my so. friends described it to me as basically Gundam Omegaverse in space, and I was like, yes, you have sold me on this. Like, yes. The way like, the fighter gets transformed, it very much reminded me of how like Gundams work and like other mech animes that are set in space work. That is exactly what I was going for. Um, as I was researching, you know, doing the writing for it, um, Gundam was one of the animes that I watched to make sure that I just kind of, you know, kind of had that world building in my head as I was writing. So it was funny because my mom, um, when, I, when she had called me one year on my birthday as I was writing this series, and she asked me, oh, so what research are you doing for? And I looked at the TV where I had Gundam pause, and I was like, oh, just some, just some historical shows I've been looking at <laughs> while well, I'm literally watching Gundam to prepare for it and then also Voltron was heavy uh, heavy inspiration for it because I was super into the Voltron um, the legendary defender fandom at the time that's kind of what inspired me to write this one so yeah definitely um, Gundam with Omegaverse in space is a really good explanation for it <laughs> it, it fits perfectly because I was, when I saw that I was like okay I have to bump this up my TBR and i I was finishing it uh, last night, and I, I loved it. I have the prequel to go read next. Awesome. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, I really like how diverse the cast is. Like, you have Sasha, Sasha who is in the space wheelchair mm-hmm. with, like, her purple box braids, and then you have one of the trans commanders, and then both the guys are... Rashan is Samoan and Tony is Afro-Cuban. Afro-Cuban. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just I loved like how to because you don't like a lot of times when you're like see a space romance, a lot of the characters are white. Yeah. And I really, really liked how diverse this was. And I really liked um because a lot of times with Omegaverse, especially if a character's taken off a heat suppressant, it's immediately a bam wham, thank you, ma'am. and I really liked how they were like okay I don't want I want to do this by myself and Mm -hmm. Tony was like okay well let me at least do something to help 
And then after that happened, then they progressed with the relationship, which I thought yeah. was a really interesting, a really cool, interesting way to handle that. Yeah, I was really just trying to think about how Rashawn would handle that because he's so against being an Omega that it it wouldn't feel right for him to just like, well, I'm off the suppress and so let's go ahead and just do it. You know, I didn't want him to <laughs> to just jump into that. I wanted him to really work through and just kind of accept what he who he is in stages and just kind of work to that point where he was ready to be intimate because he'd been he had no intimacy, no physical intimacy for 10 years. So it would be a little weird for him to like just immediately, you know, the next day when he goes into heat to just automatically start having sex and physical intimacy with someone. So I wanted to give him time to kind of, you know, take a few steps forward and then a step back and some more steps forward and then some more steps back as he as he figures this out. So that's why that's that's what we went through with with Rajan. And then as far as the diversity, it just seemed, I mean, I think obviously we should always have diversity in our works anyway, but it, it seemed weird to have a series set in space with all these different, you know, type of people we would hopefully come in contact with and it's 400 years in the future and it's still just completely homogenous. It's, it felt really weird to do that. So, because the way I was considering it is if we can, if we can create a jet that can transform into a robot, then we should be able to make some accommodations for someone in a wheelchair to be able to fly it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so that was my science ahead. fiction that is set far in the future, and it's like humanity has left Earth and we have all become one identity. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Exactly. Yeah, there should there should be room for people to be able to spread out. If we're gonna make advancements, we should be bringing people forward, not you know just staying stuck in the same way that we are. So yeah, so that so that's why I wanted to have you know. I, I basically just kind of let my characters just like, okay, what what is it about this person? And when she came into my head, she was in, she was, she was this cool, you know, beta, and she was in a wheelchair. So I said, okay, let's let's, what can I, how can I write around this to make it make sense? And that's what I went for. <laughs> is Sasha gonna get a romance? Uh, Sasha does get a romance. A couple books down the line. Um, I've got, I just recently decided um, who she's going to be paired with. It took, I, I had a couple ideas and then I think what last week it like just popped into my head like, oh, that's who she's with. So yeah, so I can't, you know, can't tell you, but it is, it is someone pretty cool. We haven't met this person yet. It is someone on, on aboard the Marion um, and it's just someone that just, just really just takes, throws her for a loop. So I am definitely going to write her story. That's really cool. I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. You mentioned Gundam. Which Gundam were you watching when you were researching? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching um, Gundam Wing, which, and I'm not, I, I get a little confused on the Gundams because the, the universe is so big. So I watched Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, which I think is like the the main I guess the main story that encompasses everything. So I started with that one first, and then um, and then I watched I think which is which is Origin. After that, the one where we have where they're like living on like the space colonies or something. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's there's so much Gundam that it gets confusing. Wing yeah. was the '90s Pretty Boys. Yeah. <laughs> As I like to describe them, because every time you see official art for them, they're all like either pose as a band or wearing like cool jackets yes. and it's like 
This is great. Um, I, in fact, cosplayed Duo a couple of years ago when I went to Anime Week in Atlanta and got to meet his English voice actor. Oh, nice. Because that was one of my angles. I was like, no, Scott McNeil's going to be there. I'm going to go. <laughs> um, I don't think I've, I've, I've had several since I've really gotten more into watching anime over the past few years. Um, but I don't think I've gotten to meet a single of the voice actors that I really like. So I'm totally jealous. <laughs> I, I've been going to conventions since I was for over a decade now. So I've mm-hmm. met a lot of people and just because I, I lived for conventions, although this year there was none. Um, but <laughs> in the past, I did a lot of anime stuff. Not so much recently, but I want to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what other uh, space romances do you really enjoy? There's one, <laughs> there's one series that I read that it's so funny. It's just like so, I guess, over the top with some of the characters. I, I guess I want to say it, but um, Ma- Made of the Tiger Prince by Shannon West. I read those. I don't even remember how I found them. I, I, I probably, I guess I must have just typed in sci-fi romance or something. But it's a series where, um, kind of like mine, where humans and and basically alien races, um, after you know exploration and stuff, have kind of come together. And there is a um, a race of men who shift into tigers, and they were um, at war with each other and to end the war uh one of the um pilots who's maybe he's not a pilot maybe he's just a soldier one of the soldiers is like promised to like the prince of this tiger race like what you know are you really marrying me off is this even illegal (laughs) (laughs) and so he gets married off to one of the tiger princes as a you know goodwill so they can end the war And, you know, they wind up having like a dozen kids or something because he undergoes like a surgery to allow him to be a child bearer, because that's something that's that's something that happens with this tiger race. But, you know, but not for humans, but there's a surgery that allows it. And so um, they have a bunch of kids. And so all the kids get their stories. And it's very much a story um, just like where you would expect it, where there's this royal marriage and then they have to. Um, they're responsible for diplomacy and keeping the planets, uh, you know, from going back to war. Uh, and they have to watch out for their children. Their children have to marry well um, and things like that. Um, of course, there's there are people who try to disturb the peace and they have to, there's like a assassination attempts and stuff like that. And it's just, it's super over the top. And the book, books aren't that long. So I just like shot through them all. <laughs> So that was a series that I really enjoyed. <laughs> you know, I I think I read the first one because uh-huh. my library had them, or it had like one, four, and five, and I'm like, why do you only have one, four, and five? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's always such a pain. When you have to like track down the middle books. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I think I read the first one, and then I just haven't gotten around to like poking the library through over there being like buy the rest of these (laughs) Um, but I think royal space romance is actually a really fun thing to write about like there's um, the forthcoming Winter's Orbit by Everine Maxwell which was originally an original story on Archive of Our Own Okay. Um, and it's an arranged marriage gay space romance oh one second my cat's yelling (laughs) anyways it's an arranged space romance between, like, one of the princes that's, like, so far away from, like, the royal, like, far down the royal line that like, he's not at any point ever going to, like, become emperor. And the emperor in this is just a ne- gender-neutral terms. So, like, the emperor in this is a woman. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so his cousin dies, and the emperor's like, yeah, so we need you to marry his husband. And he's like, why? <laughs> like, well, we yeah, need this you. treaty not to fall through that we signed because of this marriage. So you have to marry him now. And he's like, okay, sure. And it's all about <laughs> him understanding that his cousin was not a nice person and that he was abusing his husband. And so that's uh-huh. developing that relationship and learning to trust again. And it's really cool and like it's very space opery romance. And I'm really excited for it to come out from tour to see how they I don't know, cleaned it up and made it for publishing standards. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. That sounds like something like a, you know, something from the Tudor dynasty. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But like, it's very modern in that they're not wearing like Regency era clothes space. Like it's very mm-hmm. modern clothing, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. That sounds interesting. I want to read that. I, I yeah, have that'll it on my Google, in- so I'm definitely going to save that. <laughs> that'll be out in February. Um, so that'll be really fun. Another series that is really cool along the lines of, like, weird aliens mating with humans, um, because there's that theme of always, like, there's alien romances, and they're really (laughs) weird and fun. Um, The Claiming series by Lynn Gala, Uh which is, um, Liam is a translator, like, he's a linguist for this alien species that communicates, like, through trading in the market and is very like has a very unique culture and so he ends up trading very well with this one specific alien and then the alien's like oh no you're being harmed by your commanding officers i must protect you i claim you as like my chilto which is like at first liam thinks like he's a slave and he's like no no you are like a submissive you are the we must protect you because you are very powerful with your trade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's a lot of miscommunication via language barriers uh-huh. and um it's very kinky and lots of tail sex <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the alien character is like seven ten feet tall oh, and they just keep growing and it's like the series progresses through space and like their journeys through it um as they leave the planet and stuff and she has another series um that recently uh, released the second book, um, Earth Fathers Are Weird and Earth Fathers Are Odd, where this human ends up signing up for what he, he doesn't read the translation correctly, so he's like a human incubator <laughs> for an alien egg. <laughs> um, so it's like really weird, really out there, but also like really kind and really fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. I can only imagine like what the character goes through when they're like, oh yeah. I'm signing up for this whatever service. Like, wait, you want me to do what now? <laughs> like, I think he thought he was signing up to be a nanny. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, this is this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I thought I was going to take care of some kids, not carry some kids. Like, who do I talk to about this? <laughs> exactly. Um, and also in the realm of weird alien eggs, the completely bonkers and delightful Acquainted with the Night by Timber Dalton. Um, which she recently released again as under her uh, Leslie Richardson um, pen name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's these uh, soldiers in the army that get captured by this alien species and they end up like as egg incubators. And I think I remember the guys having relationships with each other and it's technically not a happy ever after, 
mm-hmm. because the guys die of old age, but they're happy that they're like the pets of these aliens. Oh, and you're like sitting here like, oh, oh, okay, I'm crying now. I didn't expect <laughs> alien erotica to make me cry, <laughs> but I am crying over alien erotica. Okay, so th- thank you for the heads up on that. I'm going to have to make sure that I'm like in the right space. Like if I need to like, if I need to have a cry, you know, like sometimes you just want to cry, you know, and so you go find like something to read or watch. He lived out his life uh-huh. content with these aliens. <laughs> but oh it's also sad and it's just like I don't know because she expanded the new edition so mm-hmm. I don't know what she added to it so it'll be interesting to go back and I'm like oh god am I prepared to cry I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no I'm definitely gonna I, I want to read that but I'm gonna have to make sure that I'm in one of those moves where I'm just like okay I've got some time I'm gonna settle down read it if I cry it's cool I got some time to recover afterward <laughs> Exactly. And then um, Strange Love by Anne Aguirre. The love interest is an insectoid alien Mm -hmm. who's, I think, like, I think he has a bug head or something. I just remember that, like, my friend telling me, like, no, he's an insect alien. And I'm like, okay. And he's bisexual. I think I was looking at that one, but I haven't read it yet. Because that sounds really, I'm looking at the cover and that cover looks familiar I think that's might have been something that I recently added onto a list or something yeah no it, it's it's definitely on my TBR and I'm just like hmm insectoid aliens <laughs> sure I don't insects aren't weird to me this is fine all right let's go for it let's see what happens you know <laughs> so do you have any other books that um you want to talk about that are queer space books well it's not really I'm not really a book but I mean I guess technically it is unless you collect it but um I read um because I also like comics and stuff yeah no um, comics manga the, queer podcasts anything goes for it okay, awesome okay so the um the authority series which is um was originally with Wildstorm but then it gets pulled into DC with basic with uh, Midnighter and Apollo I don't know if you know those two yes. superheroes. I know okay. I know Midmiter because he likes to smile on covers and they're yeah. like kind of creepy but also very genuine smiles. Yeah, he's normally smiling while he's covered in blood. <laughs> but yeah, um the Authority series is is a good one. Um it takes it's I would say it's probably equally in space and on earth depending on the storyline. Um so basically um what the Authority is, it's just it's a um group of um a ragtag group basically of uh of people with different powers and talents who were brought together uh and their job basically is is they're superheroes, but they're not like, you know, the Justice League where everybody knows them and they're popular and they have these nice outfits that are all colorful and bright. They're kind of more like a shadow group, you know, um, who do because a lot of them are from Black Ops types things in their, in their past. Uh, and so they're this group that are they're responsible for doing like cleaning up the dirty messes, you know, whereas we've got Superman out there fighting um, Lex Luthor, you know, in broad daylight with Midnighter and Apollo, we've got like these creepy aliens that crept onto onto the planet that we have to fight, you know, and get rid of them without the, the 
the main population being aware. So it's that type of series. And it's really good. It's it's very, uh, it's gritty. I'll, I'll admit that. It is very gritty when you're looking at some of the fight scenes on the pages. But the artwork is beautiful. Um, there are a couple, um, there's a, there's a, weird section in the middle where I think they were like changing artists or something or where they were changing over to DC where the art gets starts to get a little different but for the most part the art is really it's just really intricate and very detailed and some of it is just like oh my god what is what is happening here what are they doing uh and it can it can be it can be violent and brutal um as compared to most type of comics that people probably think of but it's really great stories and um Midnighter and, and Apollo they, I would consider them the two main characters and they are um, a gay couple. Um, they meet when they're kind of like held hostage and being um, turned into the people that they become with their, with their powers. And it's just, they have a relationship that's just so normal. Like they're the, they're the, they're the main couple. The only couple really, that really is um, not just has a bunch of trauma and weird things going on with, between them they're just like just the regular couple of the series and um they they're 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 meant to be foils for dc heroes um midnighter is supposed to be the foil for batman and um apollo is for superman so they're just kind of um they're they're supposed to serve those roles but as their own people basically um so that's the type of relationship that they have and just seeing them just like fighting together and when they're in space coming up with these different plans to fight these um aliens that are trying to take over their ship like it's not like small little aliens it'll be like this big giant (laughs) entity that can swallow their entire ship whole so the storylines are so intricate i really enjoy i um I read a couple, you know, in physical copy, and then when DC um, Universe, it's it's gone now, but when it first came out, they had the comics on there, and I just whipped through just reading them all, because they were so good, I, c- I couldn't wait to see what was happening next. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So. I think I have a couple Midnighter comics, or at least mm-hmm. the floppies running around, because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot harder to get into DC and Marvel outside of the films, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it's like, well, what run do you want? And it's like, I'd rather go read manga where it's one single run. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yeah, I, I see that conversation on all the time on Twitter, and it's so true. It's like, it's where do you jump into? And if you jump in, then like, then it cuts off and say, okay, well, where do I go next? Or like, okay, wait, before I can understand this issue, I've got to go find this other issue for this other run or this other series. It can be super confusing trying to get into reading comics. So that's why it was nice when the, when the DC thing was there, because they were all just right there. I could just click really quick to get to whatever I needed to read. So I would definitely miss that. Um, But yeah, comics can be... Comics can be difficult to get into. There's a there's a huge barrier to entry, I think, just just as someone who just casually reads them. Like not even just the intimidation of going into a comic store, because most people aren't used to going in there, but just trying to figure out what it is you want to read if it's not something super specific, like the the um what was that I kind of came was it last year, this year? Last year I think it was the um House of X and Power of X. If it's not something that's very specific like that, like these are these six issues and these six issues and that's gonna that's what this 
little section is and that's what you're reading. It's not something like that. It can be super difficult to figure out what you're trying to read with Marvel and DC Comics. So, yeah, I totally feel you on that. (laughs) I was reading a bunch of Young Justice fanfic the other day, and it was very heavy Bat fam with all the Batman family. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know who some of these people are. (laughs) (laughs) I only know these people from Teen Titans circa 2005. Who are everyone else? <laughs> Who are all these people? Yeah, if you watching the um, Young Justice cartoons, it, it, I, I would assume for the if, for if they're fanfics, watching the Young Justice cartoons would help with that. But if they're bringing in a bunch of other people from the DC wider universe, then yeah, it's, it's going to be super confusing. Yeah, I think there was like Oracle, and it was one of the it was the new Blue Beetle and one of the Kid Flashes. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, you're not Wally West. All right. Oh, yeah, not you're, Wally. You're, um, it's, yeah, I forget his name, too, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Kid Flash from the future. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it can, it's definitely difficult when you're trying to enter a world that big, trying to figure out, you know, and I, I haven't read, I haven't read that much Young Justice uh, fanfic, mostly because I wanted to read, um, from the Young Justice un- cartoon universe, the Aqualad that they have, Calderon, he's my favorite character. And um, and so I, I was trying to read, trying to look for some for, for some fanfics for him. Um, and this was before the recent season where he actually has someone that he's with. Uh, so I was kind of um, shipping him with um, with Arsenal. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to I want to um, I want to read something here. Um, and I couldn't really find anything. And so I Googled, <laughs> I Googled, why isn't there any Aqualad uh, or Calderon fanfic? And like the first um, thing that popped up was the first response is, is basically said, um, because racism, that's why. And I just like, <laughs> I just like died laughing because he's like the only black character on the show. I was like, oh my god. That, that makes more sense when I was, I was I was looking up Aqualad fanfic the other day and I was like, well, he's canon queer. Yeah. He's got a boyfriend. Right. Where's the fanfic? Where's the fanfic? You know? So so before like the before the before this recent season where it was just like, you know, stuff from the Young Justice in the past, I was like, oh, how are we not shipping him with with you know, he was the leader of the team for a while and for most of the most of the run. Like what's what's happening here? And that and that answer popped up. I was just like, okay, well that answers that. <laughs> that. That does indeed answer that. But hopefully now with the new season I think I yeah. forget who I had paired it with, so maybe I have to go find a different Aqualad pairing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping, um, and I even like made a promise to myself that I would start writing some, um, some, um, some Aqualad, Calder and Win um, fanfic because they deserve it, you know. It's like, and I know that a lot of people probably aren't even really aware because it was behind the paywall of the DC, you know, app. So most people probably didn't even, you know, unless you're really paying attention to Young Justice, you wouldn't have really known that that happened. So I'm hoping that now that the show will be on HBO Max and like it's already established in canon, that it'll start becoming more popular and that he'll start getting some more attention. Um, and I definitely want to write some fan fiction for him just to kind of, you know, <laughs> there should definitely, I think the last time I checked, there were only like 13 fics for him and Win. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it'll be like what happened with Avatar and Zuko and Sokka suddenly getting 
literally 3,000 more fanfics than there were in the beginning of April by the end okay. of the <laughs> I guess that when, when it popped up on Netflix, I, I guess everybody started watching it and more fanfics came. Yeah, exactly. Because when I was looking in April for Zuko Saka, there was exactly like 400. Mm-hmm. And then I checked again in like August, like October, November, and suddenly there was over 3,000. Man, yeah, that's and a big jump. And I was joke. like, y'all have been busy. <laughs> right? They were inspired. <laughs> Thank you, fandom. You've been very busy. This is great. <laughs> in the uh, back to space stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of my, so it's technically a game, but it's an interactive fiction game. So you're technically reading. Um, but Dawnfall by Rowanna Silver is, you get to choose your, what kind of alien you want to be, what gender, your name, your orientation, if you want to have a romance or if you want to stay non-partnered. Mm-hmm. Or and if you want to end up in a poly ship. Oh wow! So it's like you're on this spaceship, and if I'm remembering this correctly, and you get to like make these decisions with these pirates, and like who do you like how like and how you answer the questions shows like how you build the relationships and if you end up in a poly ship with someone or end up by yourself and it's really cool because um, Miranda they made a point of having as much having as open as possible for choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you want to be aromantic, asexual, you can be that. If you want to be non-binary and go romance the entire crew, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I Yeah, you definitely up, don't only see, see that many options in, in games. I think I ended up romancing, like, half the crew. And, like, I wanted to be mean to, like, the pirate captain lady. But every time I tried to be mean, I felt bad about being mean. <laughs> I was like, no, I guess I should be more nice to you. Okay, we don't have a romance, but I'm romancing everyone else, and we're, like, kind of buddies. Yeah, like, you'll be my, my special friend. <laughs> so it, it's a lot of fun, and uh, Rowena, they put in so much work into the game, and it's mm-hmm. really, really worthwhile. And let's see, what else? Um, and there's also the Penumbra podcast, which is um, a queer fiction podcast they have two different storylines and their space one is called Juno Steel mm-hmm. and he's a sad non-binary bisexual detective on Mars oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like trying to solve these crimes and he's incredibly depressed and he falls for like this art thief who's really like this bigger thief and he's like dang it um, and he uses he uses he pronouns and also calls himself a lady so like occasionally you'll have episodes where Juno's wearing this fancy dress at a ball and he's dancing with Peter who's out to break his heart and like there's bigger evil stuff happening on Mars because it's been colonized and stuff like that mm-hmm. and there's all these heists and then like later seasons he's on like a pirate ship in space <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like all very gay and very queer and just uh, well delightfully sad oh i like that i like that they that the character is able to just be comfortable with who they are but i and i love sad characters the emo characters those are some of my favorites <laughs> like he's just you know is just very sad and he's like less sad once he gets off of mars but like while on mars he's just very sad mm-hmm. 
Are there any other books or uh, comics that you wanted to mention? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm. There's one that I'm thinking of. Of I can't. I haven't finished it, so I'm not sure if I should mention that one. Um, the oh, star. Fine. You can talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, so the star, star, star force. No, that's not it. Of course, now I am not able to find it. So that's great. So I will have to think. I will have to find the title for it. But it's basically it's a um it's a web comic, uh, and it's just, it's basically where um, we have yes, thank you. <laughs> I I, th- I think the fact that my title is similar was like was blocking my brain. <laughs> Starfighter, yes, that one. I haven't finished it yet, but I started reading it. And I just, I, I love the artwork for it. I love that, that it's just like, just super, just, it does what it wants to do. It's, it's sexy. It's, it's one of those that like, you really just get involved in and you really just want to keep, uh, like tell everybody to read it <laughs> because you're just so like, can't wait to see what's happening next. So I just recently started and I got distracted and I haven't finished it, but that's a good one that people should definitely check out. Uh, I think it just finished um, sometime early this year or late last year. Um, so I remember reading when it first started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was yeah. like many years ago when she first started writing this. Um, and I remember enjoying it and then just falling off the webcomic bandwagon and then coming back on. And I just haven't had a chance to go back to read it. Yeah. I remember I've enjoying got, it. I've got, I've got so many webcomics that I'm <laughs> that I'm reading, trying to keep up with. It's just like, oh, my goodness, there's so many. But that's definitely a good one. Um, so, yeah, if, if, once, I, once I get, um, get finished up with some of the other stuff I've got going on, I want to go back and finish that one because I really enjoyed it. But as far as um, comics and books, I can't really think of any any others other than like Voltron fan fiction I read a bunch of that but (laughs) (laughs) that was that was something that I was just like super into reading for a while while I was while the show was running and then just that's I've kind of you know now I probably read some Twitter AU threads about it and that's pretty much it so it's like you want to stay with the fandom but like the um, Voltron did you watch Voltron? I watched the first five seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the se- series didn't end that great for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that I know. I didn't. I didn't love the ending. Um, so it's kind of hard to really continue enjoying stuff from it. You know, like we do wind up with a with a couple of queer characters, but it's kind of rushed and kind of. I think it could have been done better, but it's like, you have to wonder, it's like, were they trying to push it through and this is all they could get? Or, or, you know, was it last minute? Like, you don't know what the deal was with it. So it's just like, you know, you just kind of, what's funny about that is that um, Voltron ended before Game of Thrones did. So I was already so just like (laughs) over it from Voltron that when Game of Thrones was ending and it was clearly going to just be a mess of a season, I was like, whatever, let's just, let's just finish it. I'm already... (laughs) Yeah. I'm already used to disappointment. So yeah, um but definitely if anyone watches the um watches this, the the show and they like fan fiction, there's a lot of good stuff on AO3 for it. Yeah, totally. Um occasionally I go looking but not too often. Um speaking of space shows that are queer, that are cartoons, uh Shira, the reboot. <laughs> oh, yes, that was amazing. 
I will admit I'm not a huge fan of Catra, but I really appreciated <laughs> how hard um, Noelle Stevenson went for to give uh, Catra and Adora their happy ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoilers for Shira, but it's been out for a few months, so. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, and it's funny because, like, she does such a good job throughout this series of making Catra just, like, horrible. She, she's legitimately horrible. And even though there's, you know, you can see glimpses of her wanting to maybe have something different, she immediately goes back to being horrible. So during the last season, as I was watching it, I was like, how are they going to redeem her? I still hate her guts, you know? <laughs> just, it, it, felt, it felt impossible, but they actually managed to pull it off when, when, this, when the show ended. I was happy with where um, Catra was and where Shira was, uh, and I thought that they did a really good job of not only the main characters' relationship, but the other queer characters' relationships in the show. I can't remember the princesses' names, uh, but they have Cinderella you know, and Natasha, uh-huh. and then um, uh, Scorpia ends up with Perfuma, mm-hmm. and. There's Bo's dads. The Bo's dads were adorable. <laughs> There's someone else. Oh, um, Regelio, the lizard one, Kyle, and Lonnie. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they we were have in a polyamorous relationship. Yeah, I really like the way that they're just, there's, there's no bold announcements or anything like that. It's just like, this is just who they are like there's you know I I appreciate that and I try to bring that to my to my writing when I and I, I sometimes I worry if I'm doing a disservice or or not I'm not sure but I feel like when I'm writing that's how I want to do it I don't want it to have to be you know this a big dramatic thing or introduction or part of the storyline I just want the characters to just be who they are and I felt that they did a good job with that in Shira like it wasn't just it wasn't, um, we didn't have Bo saying, oh, yeah, my, my dads are gay and I grew up like blah, blah, blah. It wasn't anything like that. He was just like, yeah, my dad's, you know, <laughs> that's what yeah. that's what I liked about that. And that's kind of what I try to do when I'm writing. So I, sometimes I worry that maybe it's it's a little too, I don't want to say empty, but maybe light, I guess is the word that I'm thinking of. But but that's, I that think it's always a me. double-edged sword of is, the representation like is it because they don't use the words how do you define the representation but if they use the words then it's more defined or is it just lip service and there it's a it's a double-edged sword because of, it, there's value to both things mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I think I think in your books um or at least what I've read from the Star Fighter series you do a great job of representing identity on the page yeah I just wanted to just like hey this is who this person is I went I'm gonna mention it so that you know because I, I can't show it because it's not tv so I'm gonna mention it so that you know and then after that that's it like I just want them to just be be who this person is and that's it's who they are but it's not why they are it's not why they're on the page like I always hate when I see reviews like so why does the character have to be this like this because that's who they are so (laughs) so that's what I wanted to just I try to when I'm writing to just have the characters just be themselves and just and like I said sometimes I do worry that maybe it seems like it's just a fluff or something but that's not that's not my intention so so we'll see hopefully I'll get better at it as I keep going (laughs) I think you're doing a great job so far at least what I've read thanks um, so I really, I really enjoyed Sasha. 
was like, she's in a wheelchair. She has purple hair, and she's here. I love her. Yeah, she's 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 my cool character. I've already got like her. I found her um, cover model just randomly when I was just looking for stuff. I was like, oh, this person's cute, and so <laughs> so yes. So I have her cover model. So she's definitely getting her story. I just have to just have to get there. <laughs> That's really great. That's really exciting. So before we close out, are there any books that are on your TBR that are space or just general gay? See, it was on my TBR. Let me actually, I've, I've got it reads open. So let me see. <laughs> let me see what I have have up there. I've, I've decided that this year I'm going to make myself a, um, a little chart of books to read and like reward myself. Remember how in, like in elementary and middle school, if you read like a hundred books or whatever, you got like a personal pan pizza. <laughs> I do. I do remember that. I've decided I'm doing that for myself this year, uh, next year, because this year I did not read that many um, books as nearly as many as I want to. So I'm going to make it, um, make a list so that I can keep track. Uh, I definitely want to read the second and I guess, third book from Lisa Henry uh, in the Dark Space series. So I definitely want to read those. Let's see. There was, I think it's um by C- Cindy Pond, I think is her name. Let's see. Uh, the Want series? Yeah, I think that's the one. I think that's one that's, um, that's there in space, I think, for that one. Yeah. yeah. Want, there's Ruse. Yes, one is on my is on my list. I I wanted to read that one. I've had that one on there for a while, so that one's gonna be kind of moved up to the top for sure to make sure I get it read. And then um, there's oh yeah there yeah there is a third one for Lisa Henry. It's um it's actually on my list and I didn't even realize <laughs> that. <laughs> so I definitely want to read finish that. I wanted to do the Cindy Pond uh, Cindy Pond, and then um there was another one. It was one that it wasn't it wasn't romance here it is um ascension by Jacqueline I'm probably gonna mess up her last name Jacqueline Koyanagi Koyanagi yes. I okay. actually have the paperback of that. okay is that so is that good because it's on my list to, to read I, got, sure. I think I'm about halfway through it mm-hmm. and just with how my reading brain this year has been it's just not wanting to read like unless it's on audio and set in space it's not happening <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I, like, I, I struggle a lot of times with sci-fi and fantasy if they're not on audio, but I do know that it is um, an FFF polyam romance. Okay. Um, which we don't get a lot of that, so that's exciting. And I believe all of the characters are black women. Okay. Yeah, I knew that it was FF, and I knew um, I knew that definitely the main character um, was black, uh, but I didn't know it was polyam. But I I enjoy reading those too. So yeah, that's definitely on my list so that's you know, I, I really enjoyed what I've read so far of it uh-huh. yeah uh, so I would say those for, those those for sure I'm definitely gonna read okay um and let's see on my TBR I've got failure to communicate by Kaya Sonderby um which is an FFM polyam the character is an autistic linguist in space I think mm-hmm. is what the rep was in the book I know the cover is really pretty and then um, Strange Love by Anna Guir is definitely on my TBR for next year. And then um, Edge of Nowhere by Felicia Davin. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, I think the first two are MM. I don't remember what she was doing with the third book. 
Um, but those are two other queer space romances. And then um, Glorious Day by Sky Killeen, which is an FF space romance between, a, I think, a princess and her bodyguard. Oh, that's one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely on my TBR. Yeah, there, there's a lot of books, and I'm probably forgetting things, but there's, I'm going to try, like, I read a lot this year mm-hmm. <laughs> when I look at my chart, but I still, there's areas lacking that I need to read more of. But anyways, thank you so much for coming today, or joining me today. Where can they find you on the internet? Um, they can find me on the internet at christineraglin.com. That is my website. For anyone who is maybe slightly confused, I, up until um, last month, I was writing under my pen name as Krista Tomlinson, so they might know that name better. But I am—I decided recently to start writing under my real name because it just felt more comfortable to me. So um, you'll find me at, as Christine Raglin, um, and then I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Um, my Facebook page is under Christine Raglin as well, and all of my books are on Amazon. They're all in Kindle Unlimited, I believe. They should all be there. And they're all under Christine Ragland as well. But basically, if you go to christineraglin.com, which is my website, and just kind of poke around on there, um, you'll find whatever you need uh, as far as reading lists and um, series and all of my social media and buy links and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, you can find me, Sarah, at on Twitter at queer underscore reader. And then you can find Ron Bookpot at Ron Bookpot on Twitter, Pinterest, and various other places. So thank you again for joining us and have a good day. Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of ROM Book Pod, inclusively yours. If you'd like weekly recommendations for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at ROM Book Pod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.